of eternal life. Been using um, John chapter 10, verse 10, has our foundational scripture. I just want to adopt that. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. Father God, we pray tonight that the Holy Spirit would guide and lead us during this Bible study. We depend upon you, Holy Spirit, to illuminate your word to your people. Speak through this vessel tonight. Give us spiritual ears to hear, spiritual eyes to see Christ Jesus by way of the word. Father, I pray that above all you would be glorified in it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Eternal life has already been imparted to the believer. The moment you and I were born again, we have determined through the word of God that we begin to enter into eternity. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life, the Zoe life of God, the abundant life of God. It's God's life given to us through Christ Jesus. The hard part about it is, as far as the believer is concerned, is we have to recognize that. We have to acknowledge those blessings that are already ours in terms of uh, the spiritual blessings that the book of Ephesians talks about. And truly, eternal life is the biggest blessing of all. It is life, an endless life, in the presence of God. But again, we understand as believers that we enter into that right now. You and I have the powers of the worlds to come dwelling on the inside of us according to the word of God. But in order for us to connect with that, we have to release our faith for it. And of course, circumstances and different things that come against us in this natural realm uh, try to cause us to be disconnected from that. But our faith connects us with God's power, and that's what eternal life is. It is a divine force. It's God's divine force given to the believer through Christ Jesus. Now, I want to begin in the book of Psalms chapter 90. Psalms chapter 90. We're just going to take our time tonight because we really want to get a hold of this because I believe it's key in the last days that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in these last days is truly going to be a church of power, truly going to be a church that experiences God's best and truly is going to be a witness to the glory of God for this lost and dying world. But in order for that to happen, again, we have to renew our minds concerning what we have and who we are in Christ where eternal life is concerned. Psalms 90, verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever hast thou formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. So Moses makes that, that statement that God is an everlasting God. He has eternal life. He, he possesses eternal life. That's part of what makes him God, is that he has eternal life. He... Uh, lives in eternity, outside of time, okay? That's how we have to view him. He lives in eternity. He does not, he created time, 
but then he steps out of time, outside of time. And the moment you and I receive that eternal life, we become eternal beings just like he is. We made that statement last week, well, the last time we met, we said that angels, though great and mighty and powerful beings, they do not have eternal life. Only God's children have been blessed with eternal life. What a privilege and an honor that God has chosen us to experience this power or this life, this endless life. Um, I want to look at verse 4 also. I don't have that in my notes. For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past and has a watch in the night. Again, that's just letting us know again that uh, God is not bound by time. And neither are you. Amen. The moment you get born again. You and I uh, are now raised up, the Bible says, and made to sit together in heavenly places. Though we're here on this natural earth, we have access to the spiritual realm. And that eternal life is meant to connect us with that spiritual realm, both now and throughout the ages. Okay? So you don't have to uh, try to ramp it up or try to make yourself this way. God has already done this. What, what needs to be done is we must receive this in revelation and in knowledge. When we understand these things, that is when we begin to experience power like we've never known before. Amen. So, in uh, chapter 90, God at that time was the only one who had eternal life in the old covenant. He was the only one who had eternal life. But Jesus Christ has afforded us access to that life. Let's go to John chapter 4, St. John chapter 4. The old covenant did not provide eternal life. The, uh, the Old Testament saints, they did not have what we have in terms of this great gift of eternal life, this connection with God in this way. St. John chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, it's what we know that's going to cause us to experience these things that I'm talking about tonight. It's what we have revelation of that's going to cause us to enter into these things. If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that says unto thee, give me the drink, thou would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. So Jesus is talking to this Samaritan woman, and he's letting her know that God freely wants to give to her this gift of eternal life. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, but he's also talking about through the born-again experience, eternal life. He says, thou would have asked him, and he would have given you this living water. Let's jump down to verse 14. And whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. Whosoever shall drink of this water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into what? Everlasting life. So again, that's talking about the Holy Spirit, but it's also talking about connecting us 
with eternal life, with God's eternal life, the Zoe life of God. The same, the same life that God himself enjoys, he has imparted to his children. And again, only God and his children have access to this. How blessed, again, how blessed are we? What God wants us to do now, when we get this knowledge, is he wants us to now go out and live lives like Jesus lived when he was on the earth. In the power of the Holy Spirit, with the knowledge of that, we have, that we are filled with an endless life. Again, a lot of times we're waiting on to when, we, to when we get to heaven. We're saying, well, when we get to heaven, we'll experience all these great and mighty things. But again, God sees us differently than we see ourselves right now. He sees us with access to him and access to all that he has. What hinders us from entering into these things is, again, our carnal mind and our small thinking. How many of y'all know God is a big God? And he has not left anything out where redemption is concerned. He wants us to experience him right here on the earth as if we're in heaven. That's a, that's a difficult thing a lot of times for believers to re- really believe. But Jesus said, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he meant that. So when we pray that, that's what we're asking God to do, to cause us to experience heaven on earth, even though we're walking around in these physical, natural bodies. He, he wants us to release this eternal life in the earth to glorify him. Amen. And it's all by grace. We always get back to, well, why would God do this? And uh, how, how would God give us this type of uh, blessing? It's because of grace. We can't earn it. As long as we always remember and are settled in that, that we can't earn this, God, there's nothing that God won't do for us in terms of the release of these things. But the moment we think that we, you know, we can earn this gift or that we can uh, so, sort of earn, earn the power of God operating in our life, that's where we mess up. But when we understand that this is by grace, all of this is by grace, then God can lavish on us divine power from on high. And, we'll, and we will see things that we've never seen before. In these last days, I really believe we're about to see things that we've never seen before. God's about to pour out his power and his glory on the church that believes these things, that, believe, that actually believes these things. So, eternity starts right now for you and I. Now, let's go to 1 Timothy. And Paul makes an interesting statement here in 1 Timothy chapter 6. That I really believe is going to kind of uh, line up with everything that I've been saying up until now. Verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. We always talk about uh, fighting the good fight of faith. And the way that we do that, Paul says, is by laying hold on eternal life. By understanding that uh, we've already got the victory. By understanding, before we go into any faith fight or any faith battle, God already sees us as victors. 
And we, God says, and Paul says, lay hold of eternal life. Understand that you got it. Understand that you can use it. Understand that it's your portion. And that when you begin to experience the uh, revelation of eternal life, there's nothing and no weapon form that can prosper against you. Eternal life is a spiritual force. It causes us to win every faith fight. I'm going to say that again. Eternal life is a spiritual force. And it causes us to win every faith fight. And it cannot be overcome. You got to see yourself that way. You got to see that you are an overcome. God has made you an overcomer. And you have the overcoming power and life of God dwelling on the inside of you right now. So you don't have to fear the trials or the tests of the things that we go through. We're going to go through some difficulties. Jesus told us that we would. He says the thief comes to steal kill and to destroy but i have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly that life he wants us to experience it right now he wants us to release his life right now on the earth to glorify him so we cannot be overcome why because god can't be overcome amen And this life is meant, to be, is meant to be utilized in this life and the next. When I say this life, I'm talking about here on earth as believers and, of course, when we transition to heaven. In, in the mind of God, there's really no difference. The transition when we go to heaven is simply we, we uh, come out of these physical bodies. But to God, it's still the same thing. He says you can still experience spiritual power right here with these physical bodies. You just have to uh, lose sight of these physical bodies. <laughs> Amen? You just have to begin to uh, understand that you have been, you are not only a natural person, but you are a spiritual being. And you have power. Because God said you did. Amen? Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't know what you're experiencing tonight. But I'm telling you, if we get a hold of this, we are sure to overcome it. I say we're sure to overcome it. Romans chapter 8. Verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That's the key, walking in the spirit, understanding that we have access to spiritual things. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life will work on earth as well as it will work in heaven. Somebody needs to get a hold of that. The, the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will work here on earth just like it does in heaven. Okay? So there's nothing holding us back from experiencing these things. 
what holds us back again is because our minds have not caught up to the spirit. Our minds have not been renewed enough to experience these things. Because I'm living, I'm living my life inside out instead of outside in. That makes sense? I'm living my life inside out instead of outside in. I'm, 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 I'm viewing these things and I'm understanding and I'm acknowledging constantly. I'm acknowledging those things that have been freely given to me from a spiritual perspective. And when I do that, uh, the devil cannot cage me in. He cannot bind me up because I'm, I'm releasing my, the, the, the very life of God on a moment-by-moment moment basis. I'm releasing it by faith. So when bondage tries to, to uh, put chains on me, I immediately, at that moment, I immediately release my faith and understand that, that bondage is not my portion. Christ has redeemed me from that curse. So if the enemy brings, tries to bring sickness and disease on, on me, and he will, he'll try to put it on you. But the moment he tries that, that's when you release this eternal life I'm talking about. That's when you, that's when you begin to release the power of, of, of God's life, the Zoe life of God. Think about it. We, in, our, in our minds, we could not picture the enemy putting, putting anything on Jesus like that, could we? Any kind of bondage on him. It's impossible. Well, the Bible says that uh, as he is, so are we in this world. So as free as Jesus is, we should be walking in the same kind of freedom. Again, the thing that causes us not to is uh, what Pastor Angela is uh, preaching on. The walls of Jericho must come down. Amen? We, we have to understand that these things that are coming against us, they're coming from the outside. But greater is he that's in me than he who is in the world. I must realize that. I must understand that. And when I do that, power is released. So we're not living uh, outside, from the outside. We're, we're drawing constantly from that living well that Jesus talk, was talking to that Samaritan woman, woman about. We're constantly drawing from that. We're constantly aware of that. When, when, when you're uh, up against it, your back is against the wall, and you get a bad report from the doctor, or whatever situation you may be going through, understand that at that moment, there's an eternal life dwelling on the inside of you that will destroy that yoke and cause you to experience victory over that thing when you release it, when you release this power I'm talking about. Now, um, the major way that eternal life and the power of eternal life is released is through the words of our mouth. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they produce life. Jesus, every word that came out of his mouth while he was on the earth was a spirit word. It was, a spirit, it was derived from the spirit. That's why he was operating in such power, because he recognized that it, it, was, it was the words 
and the spirit of God and the power of God was released every time he spoke. The church needs to get a hold of that. Stop saying what you see. Stop speaking what you see all the time. Speak the word. Speak spirit words so that that Zoe life of God can be released. That's, that's how it's done. By his stripes, I'm here. That's a spirit word. That's life. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, being made a curse for me. That's life. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over shall men given unto you. That's life. Coming against that bondage that's trying to come against you. So it's important that the child of God begin to do that. A lot of times we talk about doing it, but we don't. When we're under pressure, the things that's coming out of our mouth, if we're not uh, speaking life, will produce the bondage. But bondage cannot stay when you're constantly speaking life, constantly speaking life. Let's go to John chapter 14. Verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? And the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. The Father that dwelleth in me, Jesus said, he does the works. The man Jesus comprehended and utilized the eternal life or the eternal one living on the inside of him. He constantly was understood that God the Father dwelt inside of him. He constantly understood that he had the eternal one living on the inside of him. How many of y'all know that same God that Jesus had dwelling on the inside of him, you have also right now? It's not a watered-down version. The Bible says we're complete in him. We have been given, the Bible says, the fullness of God. Hallelujah. That's talking about eternal life. We've been given that. So Jesus, the, re- the reason he was so successful is he constantly dwelt on that. That the, it was the Father in him. It was the eternal one in him that caused him to overcome. When he uh, went to the tomb of Lazarus, he understood that it was not him, but it was the Father in him that was doing the work. Same holds true with you and I. When we recognize that it's the Father within us, the eternal one that Moses talked about in uh, chapter 90 of Psalms, the everlasting to everlasting one, he dwells on the inside of you. Therefore, it doesn't matter what, what's coming against you. And I'm constantly saying what's coming against you because I know that I know that I know that a lot of us are under attack right now. But when we understand these things, we begin to understand that no chain can hold us. No enemy can defeat us. We were made for the battle. Hallelujah. We were born again, not of the flesh, but of the spirit. Hallelujah. We have everything that God says we have. And we can do everything that God says we can do by the power of the eternal one. 
Glory to God. Let's go to uh, John 17 and verse 22. Uh, Jesus is praying to God the Father. And this is, uh, this is deity talking to deity. This is uh, a behind-the-scenes look at how they communicate. It's important that we grab hold of some of this revelation. He says, talking about you and I, the church, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. The glory that you gave me, Jesus said, I have given to them. That's talking about eternal life. He says, I, I, the, the, that same glory that you gave me, I have now given to the, to the church. So everything that we need in terms of the ability of the power of the Holy Spirit to glorify God, we have. Because Jesus said we have it. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. See that connection? It's eternal. The moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you now are connected to God eternally in this way. And you, ex you can experience his glory, which is his eternal life, the manifestation of that eternal life, in your life right now because Jesus said so. Amen? So what, again, what, what causes me not to experience that is when I begin to release words that are not of the Spirit. I begin to speak words that do, do, do not produce life. So it separates me then from that power, or it separates me then from the power of that eternal life. I still have the eternal life dwelling on the inside of me, but I can't, I don't release it if I'm not, I'm not speaking words of the Spirit or the Word of God. Verse 23. I in them, you in me, that they, talking about you and I, that they may be made perfect in one. So again, in the spirit realm, where God pays attention, well, he pays attention to the natural realm also, but in the spirit realm, God sees you and I only in Christ. And he sees us perfect. Amen. That they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and has loved them as thou hast loved me. Now that's a whole nother teaching right there. But uh, what God is trying to get over to us tonight though. Is that we are, have been made one with God in Christ through this eternal life. And guess what? You'll never be in the spirit realm. You'll never be any more holy than you are right now. I say in the spirit. Now we got some things to work out in our flesh. I, uh, you know, but it's the, in the spirit that we need to concentrate on tonight in terms of uh, experiencing this eternal life. Paul, again, in 1 Timothy 6 that we read earlier, lay hold of it. Lay hold of eternal life. Don't let it go. Don't forget who you are. 
Don't forget what the blood has done for you. Don't forget that you've been uh, raised up and made to sit in heavenly places. Don't forget that. Don't be like the man who looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. Remember that the precious blood of Christ has cleansed you and made you holy and made you acceptable to God. In God's eyesight, because he sent a perfect sacrifice to the cross, he sees you as perfect. Amen. So the next time the enemy knocks on your door, you answer that door in faith. And you let him know that you know what this thing is all about. You let him know that you know that you have a covenant with the living God that has given you his life. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what the devil does. It doesn't matter what he brings. You and I can overcome it because the word says so. Did I say it was easy? I didn't say it was easy. I say I have to meditate constantly on the truth. He said you'll know the truth. And the truth that you know, it'll make you free. Just like this. But I have to believe these things. And, and, and the tests and the trials that we go through, I, I believe a lot of times God allows them uh, because he wants us to learn how to release these things. We don't release these things unless a lot of times we're under pressure. Unless we are up against it. And it causes us to, to begin to seek God more readily, more fervently. That's when we start getting these revelations of uh, our freedom. Somewhere along the line, though, we got to get to the, that point where we just get angry at the devil and just let him know, man, I, I, enough is enough. Right? Pastor was <laughs> teaching. That was a great series. But enough is enough. You know, we are living in times of great, great, great evil. Darkness. The only light that's in this world is the church. That's it. There's no other light. And the eternal ones in Christ, God has assigned us in this dispensation to make known his glory. And he wants to use you. He wants to use me. He wants to use us to dispel the darkness. But we have to grab hold to the, uh, the revelation that truly God lives on the inside of us. The Holy One lives on the inside of us. And that there's something on the inside of us or there's someone on the inside of us who is eternal and, ha- and we're hooked up with him forever. You know, when the Bible talks about forever, I mean, that, that goes beyond our natural understanding. Forever. Hallelujah. Forever you're, you're, you're a child of God. Forever you're, you're the bride of Christ. You're going to be married to him one day. You're not going to be the bride anymore. You're going to be just like he is. Amen. That's another teaching. First John chapter four. Let's go there. Oh, I love this. And you are of God, little children. (laughs) Now, when you teach like this, it's very important to always remember. Well, we, we, we know this, but we don't want to get the big head. 
ever. We are not deity. God is deity. Okay? But we are the children of God. You know, the Bible says that God created man a little lower than himself. Amen. That's where we stand in the uh, order of things. He created us a little lower than himself. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Who is the them? The powers of darkness. It's not talking about people because uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? In this dispensation. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. So again, our battle is not ever with people. People, uh, they need our help. Amen. Uh, God wants to use us to touch people, to reach people, to bless people. They're not, our, they're not the problem. The problem is the powers of darkness. And God is telling us through the word of God that we have already overcome them in Christ. So it doesn't matter, again, what weapon Satan sends against us. It cannot prosper when we understand these things. Say, well, Pastor, uh, I don't know about you, but I've had some things prosper against me. Well, guess what? If you lost some things, understand that when the thief is found, he got to return it sevenfold. I don't care what it is. He got to return it sevenfold. So you may have, uh, and I have made some defeats in the past, but guess what? I'm looking to recover all. Amen. That's the attitude we got to have. Because why? Because of what the word says. Because greater is he that is in me or in you than he who is in the world. So we have overcome them. The eternal Holy Spirit is our enabler. enabler, Or he's our enablement. The Holy Spirit is our enablement. Okay. He is the one that ministers this eternal life to us. So we want to always be aware of him. And his ministry in us and through us. Again, that, cause, that, that causes us to uh, turn off this carnal mind and become Christ-minded. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. Somebody said, well, I can't get spiritual like that. Yeah, you can, because the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. We can think God's thoughts. We can experience the things that God wants us to experience in this life because he says so. Let's go to John chapter 6, St. John chapter 6. The reality of eternal life. That's what we're talking about tonight. The reality of it. And our access to it today, right now. That's where we're going. It is the spirit that quickeneth, or it's the spirit that makes, this is Jesus talking, it's the spirit that makes alive. The flesh profited nothing. Again, he says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So Jesus said, the words that I speak, they're spirit, they are life, they are 
Holy Spirit-empowered words. They have an everlasting or an eternal continuancy. An enduring, perpetual effect upon the universe in a positive way. The words that we speak. Every word that you speak when it's, when it's derived from the Spirit, it has that ability. It's perpetual. It has a perpetual effect upon the universe in a positive way. And he, he has entrusted us with the uh, grace to speak his word so that it can affect things that the nat- in the spirit realm as well as in the natural realm. You and I have that, have that ability in Christ right now. To speak, his, to speak the word of God just like Jesus did when he was on the earth. And to expect those words to produce life whenever death shows up. Amen. Well, say, where did you get this? Well, he said, the works that I do shall you do also. We just haven't, we just haven't got to that point where we really believe that. The works that I do shall you do also. And greater works shall you do because I go unto the Father. Do we, do, we, do we meditate on that? He's enthroned at the right hand of God, representing us there. That's what he means. Because I'm, I've gone unto the Father, you can do these things because I have now given to you everything that I have. You're not deity, but you're, you're, you're my children. And you have the ability, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to experience this type of Zoe life right now. Right now. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. Right now. See, when you get to heaven, it'll, it'll be easy because there, there's no opposition in heaven. See, that's, that's what I'm trying to get you to see. There's no opposition in heaven. That's why the people who are in heaven, they're experiencing this life 24 hours a day, seven days a week because there's no opposition. We have opposition here, but we have the same power or the same life that they have. Hallelujah. They're not hindered by these physical bodies anymore. That's the thing that that uh, frees us, free, frees them up. But if we can learn to live lives that are not controlled by this physical body or this physical flesh, we can release the power of God just like they're releasing the power of God in heaven. I believe that. I believe that. Because Jesus did it. And he said, the works that I do, you can do too. When you become dependent upon the Father just like he was. Amen. So the words that I speak unto you, they're spirit and they produce life. They're meant to produce life here on this death earth. On this earth that is cursed. It can produce life when I speak God's word. Because I am one with him. I've been made one with him. I have everything that he says. I have his very life. Dwelling on the inside of me right now. Let's go to Psalms 119. Verse 90. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations God's faithfulness. 
Thou hast established the earth, and it abided. Well, that was the wrong verse. 89 is what I wanted. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So God's word is eternal. His word is eternal. So every word that you and I speak out of our mouth when it's derived from the spirit is an eternal word. Eternal beings should only speak eternal life-producing words. I'm going to say that again. Because we've established that we are eternal beings. Eternal beings should only speak life-producing eternal words. Only makes sense. When we speak opposite of life or opposite of the word of God, we're operating outside of God's will for us. He wants you and I only to speak the word because he knows that when we do that, that's when no weapon form can prosper. That's when uh, he's glorified. That's when you and I overcome by speaking the word. John the Baptist understood that about Jesus. He said the father has given to him the fullness of the, of, 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 of the Holy Spirit because he only speaks the words of God. Yeah. That's why God, God was able to trust him with all of that because he, only, he was disciplined enough to speak only life words. You as an eternal being, God wants you and I to speak life-giving eternal words. When we do that, there's, we can't see in the spirit realm unless God would open it up to us. But when we do that, things are happening, man. Demons are pushed back when, when you begin to speak the word. If you could only see in the spirit, Satan hates that. He understands the, the ability of the eternal life of God flowing through God's people. He understands that when we begin to release words of faith in this way, it's like a weapon against him. They can't stand it. They can't overcome it. That's why he, he works overtime trying to show us these different circumstances, trying to show us all these, these different things in the natural so that we'll continue to speak only what we see. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of seeing the, these uh, this, uh, natural things manifested in terms of, you know, the curse. I want to see some victory. So I want to start speaking words to my mountain. Not talking about the mountain or all the time. I'm going to speak to the mountain. Words of life. Words of God. When we begin to do this consistently, I really believe we're going to see more breakthrough in our lives. I'm preaching to myself. If I ain't preaching to nobody else, I'm preaching to myself tonight. Got to start speaking the word only. Amen. I think that's a good place to close tonight. We're going to pick up next week on it. But, I, but what God wants us to do is to begin to comprehend these things. These things that are 
already given to us. Stand to your feet. Father God, we thank you tonight for everything that you have given to us. Forgive us, Lord, for not taking advantage of all these blessings that you have given to us. Help us, O God, by way of your spirit to renew our minds to these spiritual blessings that are ours and this eternal life, your life that you have given to us through Jesus Christ. May these things become real to us and not just words on on a piece of paper. But Lord, may these things become real to us. May the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus begin to work in us as a church that we might glorify you in this dispensation. We'll give you all the praise. We'll give you all the glory. We'll give you all the honor as you manifest your power. We promise to do that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.